Today's consumer is far more careful about what they consume, especially with the pervading emphasis on health and making sure they don't open any weak spots for COVID. This has given One Degree Organics impetus to champion its mission to educate consumers on glyphosate and offer them products that are free from the toxin. Not that the United States Environmental Protection Agency recognizes it to be carcinogenic, a stance that has allowed the standard for glyphosate tolerance to increase by 300% since 1996 in the country. We chat to Danny Houghton, Chief Customer Officer and Founding Partner of One Degree Organics, who asks just how much legally should be allowed before consumers say enough. Firstly, what is glyphosate and why is it causing such an uproar, particularly within the breakfast cereal sector in the U.S.? Well, glyphosate is probably um, one of the most widely used pesticides. Um, it's the active ingredient in, the herb in herbicides like Roundup and has been classified by the, the World Health Organization as a probable carcinogen uh, or cancer uh, causing substance. And we've heard a lot in, in the press about this. There have been a number of, of uh, lawsuits that have, have been successful with significant awards uh, that have happened here over the last year uh, in the United States. And I know that there are some also uh, working in Canada, but it's, you know, it's, it's basically um, a, a type of substance that's sprayed on crops, a, a poison of sorts, mm -hmm. uh, where, where you're, you're basically suppressing weeds in order to, to increase the um, you know, the, the production capability of, of the crops uh, that you're serving. Right. You know, the thing that we really um, uh, believe and kind of guides uh, us uh, through our family of brands is to say, hey, how can we, um, you know, kind of eliminate uh, the types of carcinogens, uh, all the toxic things uh, in the products that we make? And, and glyphosate has definitely um, uh, been one of those targets for us. And kind of adding to, to the you know, increased press lately, uh, there's a group called the Environmental Working Group yes. uh, that, that has done a series of studies and uh, has kind of released them in a very um, measured manner, looking at different groups of foods and the, and the presence of, of glyphosate in these foods. And, and so it could be from things like orange juice to beer to, you know, to a variety of different uh, areas. But I think one of the areas that has brought most concern is, is around the, the idea of breakfast cereals, which of mm. course we're in that business. And I, and I think people are more tuned into that because, you know, you feed your kids a lot of, of uh, you know, breakfast cereals for, for myself. I have a three and a half year old little boy and an 18 month old little girl. And right. uh, as you begin to look at some of these tolerances of how much glyphosate is allowed in a given, um, you know, product legally, and then you look at what some of the standards have been in the past and how, you know, I think it's grown 300% the, the standard um, since uh, 1996, you know, as, as these lobbying agencies or, or groups will go in and try and get the, you know, the standard moved north. You begin to say to yourself, how much of this uh, should really be allowed? And is it, is it really good for my children uh, mm -hmm. to be consuming? And what are the health benefits of that? So, you know, that's, that's something that, that has definitely been uh, talked about a lot from a, from a sales perspective. You know, when we look at some of the data and insights um, you know, there are uh, emerging glyphosate residue uh, free certifications that are becoming more and more prevalent. And we're seeing that, um, you know, like, for example, 
uh, over $200 million of, of glyphosate-free certified product um, was, was recently noted in some of the data, uh, consumption data that was, uh, was going on. And that's an increase of 58.2% uh, year over year uh, with a number of, of different leading brands uh, beginning to kind of move in that direction. Uh, brands like Megafood, uh, Once Upon a Farm, and even Oatly, uh, the, the very popular oat milk, which of course oats is a specific uh, challenge there. So, you know, this, all of this kind of contributes to the halo, um, you know, of, of concern that's growing around uh, the use and potential ingestion of, uh, of glyphosate in food. It sounded a bit in the beginning there that you were fighting a losing battle, but there does seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel now. Well, that's the hope, you know, and, and, and for sure, you know, there are some very powerful uh, interests that are vested in, in uh, selling these types of products and a, a viewpoint that, you know, they're helpful to create, um, you know, higher quantities of food to, you know, to handle world hunger. But when you look at the quality of the food and, and what's happening to, you know, what you're doing to your body with what you ingest, um, it, it's, it's a different viewpoint. And I think more and more, especially given what's happening with COVID, uh, the emphasis on health, uh, and making sure that you're, you know, not creating underlying conditions, that you're kind of tip-top shape. People are, are thinking more and more carefully about what they put in their body. Right. And we want to offer them opportunities to, to purchase products that eliminate those kind of, of toxins. What are the regulations around using glyphosate in the U.S. versus the rest of the world? Well, there there's nothing at a, at a federal level that that actually... Um, you know, bans the use of that, unfortunately, although we'd like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have seen a number of different, uh, you know, locals, uh, local areas, cities, counties, states um, that have, have taken steps to kind of restrict it or, or ban it completely. Um, there, you know, countries like Germany, Saudi Arabia, Vietnam, you know, are restricting its use quite a bit. In the United States, um, unfortunately, our, our EPA uh, continues to maintain that it's not likely to be uh, carcinogenic which is a little bit different than the World Health Organization approach, which has said it is probably uh, carcinogenic. But um, in Canada, a a number of our provinces, eight out of 10 of them have some form of restriction um, on the use of pesticides that includes glyphosate. Vancouver, our own own city here, um, has banned the public and private use of it. Um, Aside from some specific weed instances, I know that it's been banned completely in the in the, the city of Montreal. New Brunswick has also said that they're going to start reducing glyphosate spraying. So we're 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 excited about the fact that we're starting to see, and it's a grassroots type of thing. Unfortunately, it's not a an overarching uh, type of approach, but there's a grassroots recognition by a number of different cities, counties, you know, states, provinces that hey, this is an issue, and and for our specific area, we want to start limiting this or banning it, and we're encouraged by that. Excellent. So although they might not be banning on the immediate future horizon, maybe at some stage this will happen. That's that's the hope. And, and you know, what, what we are focused on so much is to help educate people and, and help them learn and, and create options for them, you know, decisions that they can make with to vote with their, you know, their consumer dollar to say, hey, this is important. And, and as we drive that type of meaningful change, I think it will assist um, in the broader regulatory uh, dialogue. One Degree Organics has been instrumental in launching several brands, all certified glyphosate-free. Can you tell me more about them? Sure can. Um, you know, the, the, the guiding principle that we have for, for our entire family of brands is, 
as I'd mentioned briefly before, we really look for ways to maximize the nutrition of any ingredients that we use and then do everything possible that we can to eliminate whatever footprint of toxins might be there. Limit as much as we can or completely eliminate. And um, you know, we do this because we really believe that by making healthy food choices, uh, there's a sustainable model that can be created to, to create a, a healthy world of, of healthy individuals. So for our family four brands, um, you know, they each have kind of their own niche. Silver Hills Bakery is kind of our, our mothership. We've been around 31 years. Uh, we're focused on making um, plant-powered foods from sprouted whole grains. So that sprouted grain component is a way that we really try to maximize um, the, the nutrient value of the grains that we're working with and, uh, and support a healthy lifestyle. Uh, Little Northern Bakehouse um, is our, uh, our family of gluten-free baked products that are just as good as the real thing, uh, where you're not sacrificing anything when it comes to taste and texture for everyone to enjoy. And then One Degree Organic Foods, as you've already noted, is, is focused on 100% transparency. So you have a QR code that you're, you're able to scan on every product that we sell. And once you scan that, you're able to watch a, a short video, uh, look at a photo essay and read a little write-up on the farmer that's supplying every ingredient in that specific uh, product. That's the reason for our name, one degree of separation uh, between the farmer and the customer. So, um, you know, we work to use ingredients that are sustainably grown, by farmers and producers. You can meet them all on our website. And we have a really nice family of, of hot and cold breakfast cereals, baking flours, breads that, that we do under that brand. And then we've got a new one we're just launching um, called Carbonot. And, uh, and Carbonot is, a, is a, a new brand focused on kind of bringing an artisanal uh, family of baked goods to the low carb space where we see a lot of interest, but um, frankly, not a, a real high degree of quality. And so, you know, as we look at this family of brands, this, this concept of, of glyphosate free runs deep and true through all of them, along with a number of additional um, health uh, benefits and, and approaches to limit um, toxin type of, of, of ingredients in our products. And so that commitment, again, kind of falls within that maximize nutrition, limit or eliminate any sort of toxins uh, in, the, in the ingredients that we use for the products that we make. You also commissioned a survey of Canadian and American consumers. Can you tell us the results you found? You know, the, the survey results were, were rather staggering. Um, mm -hmm. because, because we're so interested in this space, we wanted to find out if there were really any gaps in, in people's knowledge and understanding about this. And so, you know, for the study that we did, uh, we found out that the majority of North Americans, actually 78% of them, are not familiar with glyphosate. So, you know, they don't even know what the, the term really means. But okay. once they were made aware of, of what glyphosate is, you know, 93% of, of North Americans are either very concerned or somewhat concerned about um, you know, the presence of glyphosate in their breakfast foods. And the same exact number, 93% of them, uh, think food companies should disclose if they use glyphosate during a production. So of course, that's not, that's not the norm right now, but you can see that the prevailing uh, opinion, once there's a bit of education, is to say, hey, tell us you're putting this, uh, you know, in our food. The other thing that was very interesting about it is, you know, people are used to you know, the fruits and vegetables, you know, the dirty dozen that's often talked about. People are much more in tune with the idea of those being sprayed because of the way they're consumed at home. Um, but when we start shifting to grains, um, you know, the, the awareness is not quite the same. 89% uh, of people that are buying fruits and vegetables say, hey, we care a little bit more about whether they're sprayed or not. 
And I even think about the berry farms that are around us here. We're kind of known for that in this area. And you'll see people that'll put up signs, you know, even if it's not certified organic, they'll say no spray, you know, and that's something that, that really uh, resonates with people. But when you look to the grains category, um, only 49% of people, um, you know, are, are kind of more in tune with the fact that, hey, this is an area where glyphosate can be used as well. So they're not as sensitive from category to category, but you're still consuming uh, those grains and, and herbicides are actually very heavily used, um, especially in the production of oats. And I'll just share a little anecdotal um, uh, story with you here that we, we ran into. We do a very uh, significant business with Costco and uh, we sell, you know, a sprouted organic and certified gluten-free uh, five pound bag of oats. And, uh, you know, we have our, our um, non-glyphosate certification. It's a third party verified lab certification. And Costco is very careful about, you know, the types of um, certifications that they allow on their floor when, when they're selling product. And so when we presented this product, there was a lot of excitement about it um, and it was accepted to, to be able to sell. But then there was a check that had to be done uh, to determine whether Costco corporate was going to allow this new certification because it was a new certification. We were one of the first to actually get into this, uh, this glyphosate free uh, certification. And so it went up the chain to the, to the head brass at Costco and it came back down that they had actually uh, turned down a number of other products that were trying to use a non-glyphosate logo uh, on their products for products that weren't being sprayed with glyphosate as a way to try and sell more. Um, but they approved ours because they recognized that oats were at such high risk um, for uh, glyphosate contamination. So, you know, what that, what that story, you know, uh, says to me is that people are really caring a lot about it. I mean, if you're trying to fake it and it's not even an issue and you're trying to get it on the product, you know, that, that ties back into the fact that, hey, people are, are kind of more aware of this. And so um, as, as you look at the study as a whole, though, I think the real gap that we see there is that, you know, that uh, people, you know, don't want to have pesticides on their food, but they don't recognize that glyphosate is actually one of the leading offenders in that. And so there's, a, there's more education that needs to be done. So it's a matter of educating the consumer, and that will really show an impact. But has it been difficult to get U.S. farmers on board with this thinking? You know, it, it depends on the farmer you're talking to. And, and um, you know, one of the things that's so neat about our brand, One Degree, uh, and the transparency that we bring is that we're actually telling a lot of these farmer stories. And, uh, and we make a point to work with these farmers um, that, that farm in a glyphosate-free way. Of course, organic is another way for us to, to say that, but we're wanting to actually add the certification on top of, of the organic. And so, you know, as organic kind of kicked off, it was kind of a very small, um, you know, a small industry amongst, uh, you know, as a percentage of overall farming. And many of the farmers that we partner with, um, you know, would tell us stories of, you know, being ridiculed by their neighbors. Say, what are you guys doing? You're throwing away money you could be using your land for. But they really, they really, you know, the, the farmers that we work with care a lot about the soil. Um, they view it almost as a partnership with the soil and they want to take care of it. They want to build the nutrition in their soil. They think very carefully about rotating crops and plowing crops down in to kind of build the, the vitality of the soil. And, and I think that there is a, a growing realization amongst the, the US and Canadian farming community that that the customer is continuing to drive with their choices uh, in the supermarket, um, a, a continued preference for, for organic uh, you know, products. And as a result of that demand and that voting with the consumer dollar, we're seeing more and more interest in farmers you know, beginning to shift 
towards at least considering the idea of, of organic um, production. And it's a bit of a commitment, you know, if, if you've been a conventional farmer, the process to move from a conventional farming process to an organic farming process, uh, which, which eliminates the glyphosate, frankly, uh, is a three-year process. You actually have to farm for three years with no uh, sprays, no, no uh, glyphosates before it can be certified um, as an organic crop. So, you know, we're, we're seeing a bit of a move that way. We would always like for it to move uh, faster uh, because, you know, what we're really committed to is to say, how, hey, how can we have the, the, the movement broaden to, to maintain more healthy soil, which results in health, healthy communities and ultimately translates to healthy people, which is what we're most interested in. I had no idea that it was such an intensive process and time-consuming. But how important is transparency? You know, transparency is really at the heart of, of you know, having healthy crops and, and an accountability. You know, when you go back, Michael Pollan, uh, the, the, the famous uh, writer, uh, once, once said, hey, don't uh, eat anything that your great-grandmother wouldn't recognize as food. And, uh, and I love that saying because it, it simplifies the, the concept of food. And, and what happened as our supply chains got increasingly complex and, and there was this movement towards, you know, the amalgamation of crops into huge bins and, and it, it just became commoditized, the, the actual accountability at the local level for actually growing healthy food became very, very complex and hard to define. And so, you know, where one degree is very, very unique, and, and it's really at the heart of what we do, we're truly an ingredient company, is right. we're saying, hey, we're going to bypass that entire complex supply chain. And rather than just buying from a broker who's maybe pulling it from 50 or 60 different farms, we're going to go to the work of actually building the relationship with the farmer so that we know who he is. We're going to go out and visit him. We're going to look him in the eye, shake his hand. Um, and, and actually inspect his farm and build a lasting relationship where we know that, that he's growing in a certain way that meets the spec and the standard of the customers that, that you know, we want to and do serve. And so by deploying some technology and being able to kind of share that story and using that transparency as a tool to be able to convey the value that these organic farmers put into you know, the crops that they grow, it's a very compelling um, case not only to choose our products but to choose a you know a healthy lifestyle course and to kind of vote with your dollars to support this type of movement um, in the products that you buy and so you know as we look at trying to convey that value and telling those stories we find that our our customers really resonate with that concept um, of transparency i think it was, was ronald reagan way back in the day that said trust but verify and that's what we want to do at one degree is we really want to be able to to build a trust in our brand and in the farmers that we work with by giving the customers the, the ability to verify and to, to learn the stories um, about the, the incredible organic farmers uh, that we're able to have the privilege of, of working with. One Degree has just recently launched a new glyphosate-free product. Can you tell me more about it? Sure, it's, it's a line of, of um, organic and certified glyphosate-free uh, instant oatmeals. Um, it's, it's perfect for busy consumers who are looking for a nutritious, easy to make breakfast or snack option. It's actually a little bit, um, larger size than the, the little packets that you see that are like an ounce or two. Um, this is actually, um, you know, a sizable bag, 18 ounces, uh, because we're seeing a lot more people, uh, eating at home, working from home, right, rather than taking uh, breakfast on the, on the go. But, 
In keeping with our values, it's made with a very clean and organic uh, ingredient deck, including organic sprouted glyphosate-free oats. It's sweetened with uh, low glycemic index coconut sugar. Um, we did a, a, a national launch uh, in the U.S. in partnership with Whole Foods Market um, uh, nationwide. And there are four flavors that we've, we've, uh, we've launched. One is a quinoa hemp, a great plant-based protein uh, option, a coconut sugar and spice. Again, a, a low glycemic index uh, sweetener that tastes wonderful. A cacao nib, because everyone likes to have uh, a bit of chocolate. And then an apple cinnamon as well. And all of these can be prepared by uh, simply heating them up in the microwave under three minutes, adding a little bit of, of or adding a bit of boiling water. And, and we're hearing rave reviews um, as, as we've launched this, this new line of, of glyphosate free certified organic and sprouted instant oatmeals. You mentioned you also have produced a bank of videos, photos, and other info on each of the farmer and producer partners. How can a consumer access these? In a couple of ways. You know, we've, we've built our packaging in such a way that you can scan a QR code on any product that we sell. And when you scan that QR code, it'll pull up a list of ingredients or the ingredient deck for that specific product. And you can simply click on any ingredient It'll expand and you can watch a short video on that farmer um, mm -hmm. or look at a photo essay. Um, and you can do that right from your smartphone. And, and those are very small snippets. You know, they're a 30 to 60 second type of video, you know, an eight to 10 picture collage and a brief explanation of, of who the farmer is and, and where he or she is from. Um, but if you're interested in learning a little bit more and watching a, you know, a, a little bit of a longer video, you can, you can visit our website. And you can meet any one of the farmers that we work with. And there's a, you know, a three to five minute video there and a full length uh, kind of magazine article format write up on them uh, with a much more involved photo essay that are captioned. And the idea here is, again, to to profile what we kind of you know, consider the, the heroes of our, our healthy food movement and be able to learn more about their commitment uh, to, to growing, um, you know, healthy ingredients that we use and formulate into products that we sell to our customers. What is the key message and motivation you want to give across to other companies? One of the things that we found is that, you know, companies succeed when they're authentic. And, and I think specifically when millennials um, look at different companies and say, hey, you know, are they, are they playing a game just because they want to get my dollar or do they actually stand for something? Do they have a set of values that align with, you know, my own and do I want to support and be a part of that movement? And, and so, you know, when we look at, when we look at other companies um, in this space, you know, what I, what I think people really need to do is to just um, as, as founders or as owners uh, really convey, you know, a passion for the organic and sustainable type of, of food movement and a commitment, you know, to creating healthy products that translate to healthy people and, and a healthy environment. And, and I, I think that the real key is that that authenticity and that true desire to make the world a better place by, you know, the products that are made and the relationships that are formed and, and the way that business is done um, really uh, needs, to, needs to be, you know, conveyed to the customers. That, that message and that motivation and that commitment to uh, making the world a better place uh, by, you know, allowing there to be or creating more uh, healthy food option choices. Um, is, is really what I would, I would probably recommend companies should be thinking about, you know, be authentic, align in the right way and, and empower um, a healthy lifestyle for your customers.
Talking about a healthy environment, how has the company survived the pandemic? You know, the, the pandemic is, is something that caught us all by surprise. And, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to not have any uh, infections in our staff. We have, we have over 400 okay. staff um, for a period of about five or six months. And so that allowed us to kind of get protocols in place, get, uh, you know, PPE, personal protective equipment in place, build barriers, kind of, you know, separate some of the, the different working environments that we have in our manufacturing facilities. And so we've been able to, for the most part, um, continue uh, running at full speed. Um, working through having some people not show up for work some, sometimes because they're afraid. And, and so, you know, we've been able to continue that the whole time and handle the initial swell. There was a tremendous amount of, tremendous amount of demand there back in, in March, April, but we, uh, you know, we had to, to take some very specific steps to, to maximize our output to make sure that we were able to, you know, to meet the needs of the, the people who were kind of setting some extra food back because they weren't sure what was happening. So we've been blessed in, in, in part uh, from that, but also, you know, when, when you build solid relationships with your farmers, uh, like we have, you know, you can ensure that you can go back to them in a, in a time of stress or challenge, and they're going to be there for you. And, um, you know, we're, we're so thankful that we built these, these deep relationships with our, with our, you know, our farmer partners, and they've continued to supply us and, and uh, you know, get us everything that we need to make sure that we can continue to produce and, and provide healthy food options that, that people are even more in tune to uh, during this, this pandemic. So, you know, we're, we're, we're very motivated to continue the type of, of um, you know, product availability that, that people are caring to have and, and have been blessed so far not to have uh, any, any serious interruptions. So you're in a good position. Should there be another wave of consumer stockpiling goods? Yes, we, we have been very mindful of, of uh, the fact that there may be additional draw uh, like we saw back in the spring. Uh, on our products, and we've we've been in close dialogue with with a number of our key um, uh, retail partners, and have been working very closely with them to ensure that we have adequate stock uh, to be able to to uh, supply uh, the needs uh, that they have for their consumers. So, uh, doesn't mean at times we run a little bit tighter because the demand is so much stronger, but uh, we partner in a way to make sure that we're we're continuing the flow of of. Uh, uh, as much product as, as the, uh, the market desires. Excellent. Last question. Do you see things changing in 2021 in terms of regulations on glyphosate and also the challenges that the sector is facing are also changing uh, consumer behavior? You know, we're certainly hopeful that, um, you know, the, the significant uh, discussions that are now taking place globally about one's health uh, will, will perhaps lead to uh, a bit more engagement, uh, specifically uh, in the conversations, for example, around glyphosate. Mm-hmm. I, I think people are more and more mindful of the fact that, hey, you know, if, if, I, if I am not healthy, um, should this coronavirus hit me, there, you know, my, my statistical chances are, are very, very good, but if you have underlying conditions, the numbers may shift a bit. So, yeah. you know, we, we do think there is a, a much stronger personal accountability that people are bringing to themselves about, hey, maybe this is a, you know, a decision, maybe I should start buying organic product, or maybe I should be, you know, looking for that non-glyphosate symbol uh, whenever I put something in my grocery cart or grocery, uh, um, you know, basket. Um, and I do think that that will be what continues to drive it 
Um, from a legislative perspective, we certainly continue to support and hope that um, additional uh, education will, will lead to a deeper conversation where, you know, at least we can find a way to more aggressively label and allow, um, you know, people that are, are still not perhaps as, as up on what glyphosate is and, and, you know, how it may have a negative effect on their life to be able to see when they're buying a product, if it does have glyphosate on it or it's grown with a glyphosate practice that it actually be labeled. And, you know, there have been some early movements um, on some labeling in, in some of the states down in, in, um, in, in the United States. Um, you know, there's been limited success there, but we're hoping that we can continue to build on those, on, on those movements and continue to push for further transparency, not only in who's growing it, but how it's grown so that uh, customers can make informed decisions about what they put in their own bodies.